When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Charles Elwood re-signs, the Boomers knock over the Americans, the Windies knock over the Aussies, and the footy world celebrates North Melbourne's shock win last night against West Coast. Well, most of the footy world, except for Eagles fans, of course. This is Time On on SEN, your say on the news of the day. Jordan Canellis here with you on a Tuesday in place of Sam Hargraves, who's taken the week off. Come hang out with us for a couple of hours here on SEN. Get in touch. You can give us a call, one 736 736 or you can send us a text, 0433981116. Our guest tonight on the program will have Adriano Del Monte on the program a little later on to recap the Euro tournament. We'll have Carl Healy and Wayne Turley on without bias. And on Tokyo Bound tonight, coming up in a couple of hours from now, two greats of the Australian Olympic scene. Rick Charlesworth, former Kookaburra player, former Kookaburras and Hockey Roos coach, winner of a silver and two gold medals at the Olympics, will be with us. And Robert DiCostella, our great marathon runner, world record holder from back in 1981. He won the world champion in... Uh, he was the world champion in 1983 and finished fifth at the 1984 LA Marathon. He'll be with us for Tokyo Bound in a couple of hours now. Plenty happening in the world of sport, obviously, after the uh, the end of round number 17 of the AFL season. We had Monday night football last night. And uh, in the aftermath of Monday night football, we heard, we heard and read about Adam Simpson, who's hinting at changes now for West Coast team next week. He says that he's not going to give players free rides, give some opportunities to our youth. Richmond and the Tigers are the two teams who, well, they're the last two premiership teams, 2018 for, uh, for, for, the, for the Eagles and the Tigers 2017, 19 and 20. They have both fallen off the pace and they are in severe uh, danger of giving their places in the eight away. Richmond already have. West Coast might be about to. Joel Selwood re-signs for 2022. The Geelong skipper signs a one-year extension. He'll break Stephen Kernahan's games as captain record next season. He's already 12 games shy, so he'll do that early next season. Charlie Curnow is expected to play in the VFL this upcoming weekend. The age were reporting that the key forward will make his football return in this upcoming uh, weekend of football in the VFL. In the cricket, the West Indies beat the Australians 3-0. There's still two games left, but they've clean swept us for the time being and a six-wicket win in Game 3 earlier today. Chris Gale, 67 runs, helped the Windies to the six-wicket win. The big bash fixture is about to be redesigned. We'll have that coming up our way in a couple of days. They released the WW, or the WBBL fixture a few days ago, so the BBL fixture for the men's tournament is to come, and it's going to start earlier, we learn, in December and finish earlier. It won't go into February. It'll finish before that, and there's going to be more double-headers 
in the BBL in this upcoming season, which is fantastic. In the A-League, Melbourne Victory will be playing all of their games at Amy Park, which is a great call, I think, from the A-League and from the Melbourne Victory's point of view to not have any games at uh, Marvel Stadium because it's a big stadium and they don't get that many fans in there. Amy Park is where everyone wants to be. And uh, and Jack Haig, this is on the cycling front. Jack Haig, who was one of our, I reckon, great chances uh, to have a high finish in the cycling road race at the Olympics, he has withdrawn due to his uh, broken collarbone, which he suffered on stage three of the Tour de France a couple of weeks ago. So those are some of the recent headlines. There are more coming through, which we'll get to uh, in a moment. 0433 98 11 16 if you'd like to uh, send us a text or 1300 736 736 if you want to give us a call. These are some of the big things though from the sporting world. Nah, when you're 30 plus a bit of GST, it means that you're probably just looking at uh, one-year deals, which is absolutely fine with me. Um, and it was one, let's just see how we get going throughout the year and then uh, if I'm feeling good and up for it and still loving it, then uh, continue on. Joel Selwood there, who's re-signed with the Cats until 2022. The Geelong captain has recommitted for another year. He'll be 34 next season, early stages of the season next year. It'll be his 16th AFL season that he enters in 2022. Already he's played the third most or equal second most matches now at Geelong and will go second outright after this weekend's match when he returns to the team, overtaking Ian Nankervis. By next season, all going well, he'll overtake Corey Enright as well and break the game's record at Geelong. He's only a couple of games shy as it is. He'll probably do that. He actually might even do that by the end of this season. I think it might only be one or two games in it with the rounds remaining. He'll also go past Stephen Kernahan for the most games captain in the AFL. He's already 12 games off that record as it is. 0433981116. You can get in touch on the Temper text machine. 0433981116 for Temper. A mattress like no other. He spoke about the Cats' captaincy as well and what it might look like in the future if he is to keep holding it into next year, which I'm sure he will to get that record, but what it looks like beyond him. I will do what's best for the club in the time being. We've got a number of guys that could do it. Uh, I've got no doubt in that. Whether it's uh, still helpful for them for me to do it and shoulder the load for a little bit um, so that then they can just take over when needs be, then uh, I'm happy to do that too. So we'll wait and see. His coach, Chris Scott, spoke on the re-signing of Joel Selwood. Has been better, but it was still pretty good the previous two years but I think that kind of informs our decision uh, when I say ours I mean uh, the clubs and Joel's in terms of the future we're trying to look at it in terms of how he was going um, and forecasting 12 months from now and we can make a pretty strong case to say he's going better uh, as a 33 year old or whatever whatever he is um, compared to when he was 30 um, so uh, it was I know it, it's, a, it's a nice announcement for the club to be able to make, but internally it was a bit of a fait accompli, to be honest. So Chris Scott, it was a fait accompli. Going better at 33 than 30 is an interesting comment. He did have a couple of... We had a few lean years there about a year or two ago. He's probably got himself back into some solid form as it stands at the moment. He was trialled on half-back for a little bit. Now he's back more as a proper midfielder. But there are other midfielders who are uh, shouldering... Not shouldering the load. That sounds like a bit of a, a dig, isn't it? They're, they're doing... They're excelling in the midfielders, how I'll describe it, for the Cats. So Joel Selwood, one of the big stories. One of the other big stories which has just dropped 
spots uh, in the last couple of minutes is the release of the next couple of fixtures beyond this weekend coming up, round 18. But round 19 and 20 has been announced. The release from the AFL, which says the AFL wishes to advise the fixtures for round 19 and 20 of the 2021 season. As communicated last week, uh, the football returns to the Northern Territory as the Suns and Melbourne will do battle at TIO Stadium in Darwin on the 24th of July. So that is going to be in round 19. Ballarat will also host its third match in three weeks as the Dogs will go to Mars Stadium in round 19 to take on the Crows. Uh, and, and Tasmania comes back into the fold as well with North Melbourne in round 20, hosting the Cats at Blunston Arena on Saturday afternoon, while the Q Clash will go back to the Gabba with Brisbane hosting the Gold Coast Suns. 17 of 18 matches across the two rounds have been confirmed with the venue for the Giants and Port Adelaide still to be confirmed in round uh, 20. That one is on the Sunday afternoon. So round 19, Friday night, the primetime game is Port Adelaide and Collingwood at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, on the Saturday in round 19, Hawthorne will take on Brisbane at the G, Sydney against Fremantle at, at uh, GMHBA Stadium, which was the interesting point of, well, it's going to look like now that these New South Wales teams won't play in New South Wales for the remainder of the season. And so where would their home grounds be? Well, the Giants, as we said before, have a couple of games still to be determined, uh, but they played at Ballarat last week. Sydney would love to play at Cardinia Park at GMHBA Stadium, given they have a great record there and they've got their way. So Saturday afternoon uh, in round 19, the Swans will take on Fremantle at GMHBA Stadium. Uh, Gold Coast will host Melbourne in Darwin, as I said. West Coast and St Kilda after their great game at Marvel Stadium earlier in the year. They return to Perth Stadium, to Optus Stadium on the Saturday night in round 19, uh, while the Dogs will host Adelaide in Ballarat on the Sunday. Geelong and Richmond will be the middle game uh, on the uh, on the Sunday in round 19, which strangely is an early uh, kickoff. So we've got a 12:40 game again, as we had on the weekend, just gone for the uh, for the Giants and Suns. Now it's the Dogs and Adelaide in Ballarat for a 12:40 start, and Geelong and Richmond will start at 1:45. Is the time that's been given by the AFL. So no 3:20 game. Carlton take on take on North Melbourne at 4:40 in the Twilight game. Round 20s Friday night game will be Essendon and Sydney at Marvel Stadium. Those two sides always play out great matches, and both in um, well Sydney are in great form. Essendon are on on the fringe of the eight, so that game has a lot of meaning in it. And the Sunday afternoon game that round will be Collingwood and West Coast at the MCG. one 736 736 if you'd like to give us a call. Uh, or you can send us a text, 0433981116 for temper, a mattress like no other. We'll take our first call and go to Nathan, who is with us in Craigieburn uh, on the line. In fact, we might actually, here we go. Nathan in Craigieburn, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? I'm well, thank you. You want to talk about the Saints? Yeah, I'm a massive Saints uh, Chief Squad member, massive fan. Um, just want to talk about how the Saints have improved and how they're going at the moment. And there's no talk about, there's no credit being given to the Saints the way they're playing at the moment because they're saying, oh, Brisbane had a bad night. And what, you're telling me Richmond had a bad night against us too and other teams that we've been playing good against. Well, we're, we're getting very stingy in our back line. So basically, Jimmy Webb is playing his role very consistent, which he was good at anyway, but we missed him last year. And then we've got other players playing their roles and actually Jack Steele in very good form. you got Burns playing his role in the midfield. Luke Dunson shutting down, tagging plays. He's playing a different role. Where, where's the praise for us, for God's sake? I, I don't get it. No, I think after the weekend there has to be praise. I don't. I, I would, I'm on. I'm in your camp, Nathan. I don't agree that uh, 
you can give or you can credit the win to St Kilda as a result of Brisbane just playing poorly. I mean, sure, they played poorly, but St Kilda had to have played well as well. You don't, you don't fluke your way to three wins in a row. You don't fluke your way up in Queensland. I know it wasn't at the Gabba, but at Metricon Stadium, just scoring 14 goals in a match. I mean, that, that has to be there has to be huge credit given there to the Saints. I think it was Jared Waitley yesterday who pointed out that if the Saints weren't on what, what's their win loss eight and eight now, they'd be ten and six because of the close losses they had, which they probably shot themselves in the foot with earlier in the season. So they are a better team perhaps than what their win loss record gives them credit for. But you, as I said, you can't fluke your way to three wins on the trot and uh, and be right on the fringe and being spoken about as a team who can make their way into the top eight. Jack Steele was huge in the second half. He was. I won't say he's not the sole reason, but he was maybe the most important reason or one of the most pivotal reasons as to why St Kilda won that game when they were able to score quickly. And I haven't, and frankly, I I thought this was one of the most impressive things about St Kilda. I haven't seen the Saints in many matches this season. It's been very few where they've been able to stack goals quickly one on top of the other like they did in that game. The fact that they could score a run of goals like they did and put the pressure on against a team like Brisbane, who are a good pressure team, that's impressive. You do that against the Lions at any venue, that's impressive. So I give credit, uh, Nathan, to the Saints for what they did. As I said, you can't fluke three games in a row. Yeah, because we got a lot of criticism at the start of the year when everyone was going downhill. We had all these injuries, and now they're saying, oh, Brisbane had it off night. I don't, I don't like the way they comment, commentate stuff like that and mm. don't give any credit to you when it's due. No. Credits credits coming their way via me, if that means anything. Probably not as much, but <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give them credit, Nathan. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Nathan from Craigie Burns, Saints fan. Mark from Bacchus Marsh, a Dogs fan. Good to speak to you again, Mark. How's things? Good, thanks, Geordie. You yeah, man? Um, I'm well. As, uh, as a Dogs fan, how are you feeling after the weekend? Uh, highly annoyed, agitated. <laughs> yes. What's I'm that? annoyed not with the players. I'm annoyed with the decision makers. Mm-hmm. Management, coaching, selection committees. How you can play players that haven't earned the right to be in the senior team as has got me knackered. I say players, plural, there's multiple. Richards comes back from a long layoff. No reserved games. When I say long layoff, haven't played since last year. Yep. No reserves games, comes straight into the team against West Coast, then misses the following week because he's sick, comes back yesterday. No real match fitness at all. I mean, comes back yesterday, comes back Sunday against the Swans. Yep. Got destroyed. Jemiah. They wilted to media pressure. He wasn't ready. Every he, They know he wasn't ready. Everyone now knows that watched the game knows he wasn't ready. But we play him. Then we got Patrick Lipinski, who is ready, who's got to sit back and let players like Richards, who haven't earned a senior spot, coming back from injury, underdone with no match fitness, getting his spot. We're going to lose guns like... Well, if I was Patrick Lustinsky, I'd be bleeding right now at Bevo and the selection committee. How he doesn't get a game ahead of Richards has me knackered. How Shaki doesn't get a game against ahead of um, Jemiah has got, me, has got me knackered. Being such a sensational kick that he is and shot for goal. It is all upside down. Yeah, and, and I, I, would, I, I would say... So, I, I think it's... I understand your point about Richards. Richards and Lipinski, yeah, Lipinski's been in, in 
better overall form this season. Maybe they just thought Richards gives them better outside run. Maybe you were lacking a bit of that, and Richards, given he is a... He's a, I guess, a specialist sort of player in that position on the wing. Perhaps they wanted that against the Sydney Swans at Marvel Stadium. The point about Jamari Eagle Hagen, so I think, I, I reckon we would have been at a loss either way. Uh, and, and I think Dogs fans could have crea- uh, created a complaint regardless of which way the selection committee went with Jamari Eagle Hagen or Josh Shackey. The very few times we've seen Josh Shackey, and I. I feel for him a bit because he hasn't been given many opportunities. Three games in the last two years, Josh Shackey. When he has come in, he hasn't shown heaps. And that has been sometimes to the ire of Dogs fans is, well, here's this great high draft pick who's come in. He's come back to Melbourne. He wanted to come back to Melbourne. He wants to be in a comfortable environment. Here he is. Why isn't he performing at AFL level? He does well in the VFL. I get that. At AFL level, he just seems like he falls short a little bit. The... Selection decision to bring in Jamari Eugle-Hagen instead of, or in, in place of Aaron Norton out for the week, uh, I think was probably more of, well, they were trying to go for the like-for-like uh, replacement there because Norton is such an athletic, uh, high-flying forward who can take the mark. And, well, to the to the scouting report from what we had read from Jamari Eugle-Hagen in the preseason in, or in the off-season after he was drafted and to what we've seen in patches in the VFL, that's kind of his role as well. And I thought he did that. We tried to play that role. Um, it was I thought it was evident just to the eye, but he didn't obviously execute it that well. I'll give him some slack. I'm not going to heap the pressure on the kid because he played in his debut. He's probably under a bit of pressure. He's been watching the other first-round draft picks who have come in and they've cemented their spot in the league and they're, they're doing exceptionally well. Archie Perkins, case in point, the rising star this week, three goals. I mean, he's probably feeling like he has to live up to that expectation now. Um, he... There were signs there, but yes, he didn't execute. He dropped a lot of marks. He, When he had the ball, he was a bit slow on the footy. But I think the selection committee, I can see where the logic is. They didn't really... I think they were forced to play the hand. I I think they're all... I, I kind of agree with Mark where, it, yes, there's probably media um, pressure to get him in. But I don't think the media pressure has been that heavy, to be fair. I think they just thought the selection was a bit more like for like. The one that I will say, though, Mark, is the selection decision to play Lewis Young as the third tall forward slash pinch hit Ruckman in behind Tim English, that was a, that was a bit of a head scratcher. It meant that Tim English had to play extended minutes in the Ruck against Tom Hickey, who's a great clearance Ruckman and gets a lot of contested touches around the contests and didn't really get too much of a chop out. So Lewis Young gave him a chop out, but he's not really, he's just there to be a body really against Tom Hickey. He's not going to compete. I thought... Jordan Sweet would have been the better option to play in the ruck, which would give... Jordan Sweet is a ruckman, so he could have played longer durations in the ruck. He's a big body who can go up against Tom Hickey, and that would have allowed extended periods in the forward line for Team English to stay. When Team English... When Tim English goes forward, he takes marks. You can have shots for goal. He's a target in that forward line. I thought they fell a little short in that area because Jamara... He showed a, he showed bits and pieces. There's a foundation there for Jamara, but he shouldn't have been the number two key forward alongside Josh Bruce. If he had a Tim English in the forward line a, a lot longer, that could have been a better outcome, I think, for the, for the Western Bulldogs. So my assessment of the selection decision was simply Jordan Sweet comes in, plays longer in the ruck. Tim English plays longer in the forward line, takes the pressure off Jamara Hagen, and the forward line is resting a little easier and there isn't as much pressure on Jamara to be the number two to Josh Bruce's number one. That would have been my selection decision, but I understand your points on the others as well. And that's your say.
And this is the platform to have your say. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on time on. You can send us a text zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen for temper. The text machine, a mattress like no other. We'll take your calls. Lots of text messages coming through as well uh, on uh, on the the weekend of footy. The fixtures coming up. Select selection decisions for the dogs. Credit given to the Saints. We'll chat about the Boomers. We'll chat about the Aussies in the cricket a little bit later on this hour as well. The global game coming up from seven pm with Simon Hill and Alex Brosk as well to recap a big Euro twenty twenty tournament. Italy were the champions beating England in the final yesterday morning. We'll do our own recap of that later on as well with Adriano Del Monte. Not just the final, but the tournament on the whole. What a great month of football it was. But all of your thoughts on the footy world, the cricket world, even basketball if you want here in this first hour on Time On, SEN on your Tuesday night. Time On, Tuesday night. Jordan Canellis here with you filling in for Sam Hargraves. On SEN, your say on the news of the day. You can send us a text, 0433981116. Thanks to Temper, a mattress like no other. The Round 19 and Round 20 fixtures have been released by the AFL. Uh, I've had a bit of a deeper look at it now because it came out literally as I was on air, so I was talking and reading at the same time. I've had a deeper look at it. The Round 20 Saturday night fixture is a beauty. Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs. So we've been waiting for this, the second meeting between these two sides. And at the MCG on Saturday night in Round 20, uh, that's the 31st of July, that'll be when they meet uh, again for the second time this season. So Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs at the MCG on Saturday night, the 31st of July. But the other uh, key fixtures, I suppose, from round 19. Firstly, Port Adelaide and Collingwood is the Friday night game at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, Sydney will take on Fremantle at GMHBA Stadium. So they're getting some of their wishes granted here, the Swans, in having their home games relocated out of New South Wales, which is in lockdown at the moment. Well, Sydney's in lockdown at the moment uh, and into Geelong. Uh, So they've got that home game there where they have such a great record. Essendon and the Giants at Marvel Stadium on Saturday, round 19. Uh, the 24th of July will be a crucial clash between those two sides just outside the top eight. There'll be, that's effectively an eight-point game, I suppose. Um, Gold Coast will host Melbourne in Darwin. Uh, West Coast will take on St Kilda at Optus Stadium on the Saturday night. And then the Sunday, the big fixtures. We've got the grand final replay, uh, Geelong and Richmond at the MCG, which is set to be a 1.45pm start. Uh, and there is a, a 12.40 game as well on Sunday in round 19. So two very early games, and that gives clear air, I suppose, for Geelong and Richmond to finish, and then Carlton North Melbourne to start after that, so there won't be uh, any overlap with those two games in Melbourne, uh, but it's going to overlap quite heavily with the game before, Western Bulldogs and Adelaide in Ballarat. Round 20, the Friday night game in round 20, the 30th of July, Friday night, Essendon and Sydney at Marvel Stadium. There'll be plenty of the lines. So there's two crucial games here for the Bombers in back-to-back weeks coming up with the Giants and Sydney in uh, in consecutive games. And then on the rest of the Saturday, Melbourne and the Dogs, as I said, Saturday night, the Sunday games, the Giants and Port Adelaide, venue TBC. So that's the only game of the 18 that have been announced through round 19 and 20 without a venue. Uh, Collingwood West Coast at the MCG on Sunday at 2.10. And then Fremantle Richmond at Optus Stadium is the twilight game on the Sunday round 20. 0433981116. Your text messages on the uh, temper text machine, a mattress like no other. Um, 
uh, from Nuts in Caroline Springs who says, I agree with Mark. We are carrying uh, Anthony Scott, Mitch Hannon and Ed Richards and Jamara is not ready. We have Lipinski, Crozier and should have played Jordan Sweet, uh, allowing English to play forward. Shaki is not up to it, says Nuts off the text. Um, Bob in Essendon says, agreed on Shaki. He should be playing. He should... Uh, he should uh He's too good of a player to be in the VFL, deserves a proper AFL run and should maybe look for a new club, I think Bob is suggesting there, to get some opportunities outside of the dogs. Uh, Swanee says, calm down, Mark. We're second on the ladder. Ha-ha. Uh, which is also true. Mick from Boland says, Collingwood kicked seven goals in the last quarter against St Kilda last week, so they're not going that great. Uh, says Mick about St Kilda. We are giving the Saints a bit of credit earlier on. Uh, Saints fans talking up the ain'ts is hilarious. Uh, says another one, so... Bit of back and forth. Uh, and Travis from the Mornington Peninsula says, a super proud North supporter walking into work today. The heart and mental toughness shown from a young, inexperienced group was incredible, especially after conceding the lead and being down by two goals halfway through the last quarter, kicking the final four goals of the game in terrible conditions and getting a great win. Travis on the Mornington Peninsula, a very, very, very happy North Melbourne fan. That was certainly a... Uh, you know what? I mean, I didn't tip North Melbourne. Not many people would have. By the way, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. How many tips did you get this week? I had two. I had two tips. I think I got I got Essendon and Geelong right as my tips. So, if you got any more than two, if you got any more than four, uh, send us a text and gloat, gloat hard if you did, because we all we all, I think the rest of us did pretty rubbish with our text with our um, with our tipping on the weekend. I got two. Um, uh, yeah, that was a game. The North Melbourne West Coast game was a game where I think everyone would have tipped West Coast, but you sort of went into it thinking well, West Coast have been that bad, and North Melbourne haven't been winning necessarily all of their games, but they've been playing better. It, it, I think most of us expected it to be a close game. I don't think any of us would have tipped North Melbourne or expected them to win, but we expected them to play all right against a team that is really floundering hard here, West Coast. I mean, that's... The Eagles, they're one, or one of their major strengths. If you were to pick out sort of two or three major strengths for each team, West Coast's one of their major two or three strengths would have been their home ground advantage. They've been extraordinary at Optus Stadium this season, and now in the last month they've fallen to bits. Like, they, they're really... That's... Uh, where they were winning matches now, that's, they've, they've lost that too. So they are they are a team that are crumbling hard, the West Coast Eagles. But credit credit to um, to North Melbourne for that win. Uh, Anonymous says I got five. Oh, gee, which ones? Did you, so who'd you get? Who could you possibly have tipped five? Let me get the uh, last round of tips out. So you would have you would have said, well, I think Melbourne. You would have got Melbourne. I reckon. I'm just I'm just projecting here what you might have got here. Anonymous Melbourne Essendon. Maybe Fremantle against Hawthorne would have been a good one. Geelong, and then, and then Sydney. Maybe at Marvel Stadium. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to know which five you got. Dean says I got three: Melbourne, Essendon, Geelong. Yeah, three's probably that. Probably was par for the par for the course. I took the uh, I took the punt on uh, on Port Adelaide, uh, getting the win at home, but obviously lost that one. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll uh, recap the basketball and the cricket from earlier today. Daniel's given us a call from Balaclava North supporter. Daniel, welcome. Hey, mate. Uh- I, I did all right. I got three this week. I got Melbourne, Essendon, Geelong. But I'm a, I'm a diehard North fan, and I tip with my brain, not with my heart. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, tipped, I tipped North Melbourne this week, 
But when I saw it was raining, I tipped West Coast because I thought it's not going to be the night for us. And you know what? I'm still happy. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. You can sort of, if you tip against your team, you're going to be a winner either way, right? Absolutely. And I, I tip with my brain. I know where my team's at. I did think, though, that like, with West Coast being down, we've kind of had our tails up the past few weeks. So I thought an upset was due for us, but when I saw it was raining, that was it. I, I swapped to the dark side, but <laughs> at least we got the chocolate. So what's your what's your faith level heading into the rest of the season now? I mean, can you get another couple of wins before uh, the season's out? Oh, I had a look. I we might. I think we've got Richmond. I think we could get Richmond if yep. we play how we're playing. If they're playing how you know they're playing. One, maybe two more. We may jump 17 on the ladder, but I really think we've got maybe one more win in us. You've got Carlton. That could be that could be a win. That Yeah, that could. I also think because we're a young side, we've got... I don't know if we've got the, the legs to run out, you know, the full the full season. But, mm, yeah. hey, whatever we put in... If we can put in the effort like we did last night, man, I'll be a happy man this season. Who was best on ground last night? Uh, you know what? If Zerha just kicked a bit better, it would have been him. But probably uh, Cunners or Stevo. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. No. Uh, good call. Man, it was it was awesome to watch. And then walking into work, I was like a king. <laughs> I'm sure it would have felt great. It's, it's been a few and far between for North Melbourne fans this season. So uh, good going, Daniel. Thank you for the call. Thanks, mate. Jaden Stevenson, I reckon, was was. Probably my best on ground. The, the amount of touches he had, 38. Who would have thought Jaden Stevenson, the small forward from Collingwood, would have had 38 touches in him, 12 contested possessions, score involvements galore. What a night. What a night. Jimmy is with us in Torquay, wanting to talk about his tips. Jimmy, how you do? how'd you go? Yeah, mate, I got two uh, over the weekend, but those at work that didn't put their tips in, they got their way teams. They got eight. <laughs> Oh, my word. I noticed that when I was doing my tips. I went and I thought, you know what? I've tipped every home team here except for Geelong. So hopefully the home teams win. So, yeah, you would have had eight if you if yep. you didn't put your tips in. That is, laziness sometimes can be a benefit, can't it? Absolutely, mate. Or forgetfulness. Yep. Take, take something out of that, eh? <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Cheers, mate. Jimmy and Torquay, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. My sister got seven, not putting her tips in. Says one off the text. Uh, oh, JD Donna says I got five. Tip the Saints and the D's. Go Saints. And um, uh, hi there. Could you please repeat the round twenty fixture as I want to go to Hobart? Yes, sure. The round twenty fixture. Uh, the only game in Hobart is on Saturday afternoon. North Melbourne and Geelong. So Essendon, Sydney, Marvel Stadium, Friday night. Saturday afternoon, the early game, 145, is North Melbourne, uh, Geelong at Blunston Arena. Brisbane, Gold Coast, the Q Clash at the Gabba, 320 Saturday. Uh, this is the 20, uh, 31st of July. Um, yes, 31st of July. Uh, St Kilda, Carlton at Marvel Stadium is the Twilight game. Melbourne Dogs is the MCG game on Saturday night. Adelaide Hawthorne is the Adelaide Oval game Saturday night. And the three Sunday games, Giants, Port Adelaide, venue yet to be decided. Collingwood West Coast at the MCG is the 2-10 game. 
two, two. So they're not having any three twenty games in round nineteen and round twenty on Sunday. Interesting. And Fremantle and Richmond at Optus Stadium, which will be a five ten start uh, Eastern time at Optus Stadium. So that's round twenty for you. We'll clear a break out of the way. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number to call. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen for temper. A mattress like no other. Global game coming up from seven. We'll be back after that without bias and Tokyo bound coming up tonight. We'll have a chat to Rick Charlesworth, a legendary Australian hockey coach who took the Hockey Roos women's team to two gold medals in 96 and 2000. He'll be with us. He won a silver as a player as well back in 1976. And, uh, and also Rob D. Costella, the great Robert D. Costella, will be with us as well on Tokyo Bound later on tonight. Your calls and your text messages, your say on the news of the day, time on after this. Sam's out. Jordan Canellis in here for uh, tonight on Time On. You can give us a call, one 736 736 to have your say. You can send us a text message as well for temper and mattress like no other, 4 33 couple more off that text machine. Uh, Luke says, we had a family tipping comp uh, in 95. My uncle put in one tip for the season. Uh, Carlton and home teams every round. He smashed everyone. Uh, well played and laziness definitely pays off, says Luke in Rural Park. That's great. Um, Michael says, is Richmond a chance uh, or is uh, what are Richmond's chances of winning the flag? Are they pretty much gone or do you think they're mathematical uh, a chance of going the whole way, says Michael? Oh, I think no, mathematic can... I mean, mathematics gives you sort of a... F- it doesn't give you a false hope because mathematics don't lie, but it's kind of, yeah, on the feel of it, yeah. Nah, I, I, I think their chance of winning a flag is well and truly gone. I mean, they're sitting in 12th. They're 12th on the ladder. I know they're only, what, a game out uh, and some perc- or a little bit of percentage, but nah, you lose four games in a row to, with all due respect, ordinary opposition. And I say ordinary, not bad. Ordinary means middle of the road. And they lose, you know, lose four in a row. Now, at this point of the season as well, this is normally the point of the season where Richmond are gearing up. This is when they're loading up. This is when the, they start clicking through the gears and away they go. But not, not, not now, not like this. Uh, Mark has given us a call in Sydney. Hello, Mark. Hello, Jordan. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I would like to say straight off the bat, thank you so much for you guys doing the excellent work you do because it's a real lifeline to me here in Sydney at the moment because we're on COVID lockdown, aren't we? Uh, yes, no, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, how, how is it? How are you holding up? Uh, I'm holding up. I mean, I'm always the optimistic, bright-eyed type, you know. Um, but personally speaking, it's a bit of a hard slog at the moment because I got a call from New South Wales Health on Sunday night and they said, you've been deemed a close contact of someone in your workplace who has COVID-19, so you have to isolate at home for two weeks. So I'm sitting oh, here no. at home for two weeks with my dogs at least, you know, and, and they can keep me happy and uh, high-spirited, so that's great. They always do. So I'm just sitting here listening to SEN and uh, keeping myself occupied as best I can. So thank you so much for being there because you guys are real lifeline to me right now. No, thank you. No, thank you for listening uh, listening in as well. Stay the course. Keep that radio locked on, SEN, mate. We'll, we'll keep you company. And I've got to say, I still think Sydney stands a great chance of winning the Premiership this year. I mean, if there's anything that this last weekend has proved, anything can happen. I mean, you know, the Gold Coast coming back winning like they did. They're one of my favourite other clubs besides the Swans. And especially with regard to um, how the match turned around against the Eagles on Monday night and uh, the, the mm. team they played that won. And, uh, you know, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the Pies came back really unexpectedly and won their match on the weekend as well. So anything can happen. Yeah. 
I reckon I reckon I spoke to you a couple of months ago and you said you reckon Sydney can win the flag and I didn't I didn't I didn't shut that that point of view down but I think at the time yep. I thought well maybe maybe they're a bit behind but now it's starting to look I mean it's not they're still a little bit further behind obviously the teams above them on the ladder and just in I think the general sort of feel of the season but but now they're looking better I mean these wins that they've accumulated over the last few weeks getting the job done over over uh, over the Western Bulldogs and having a, right. I think I think they've got a, I'll have to check again, but I think they've got an okay run home as well. I'm you, pretty de- sure they have. You definitely wouldn't count them out, Mark. No, heck no. And I mean, you definitely can't count New South Wales out with regard to losing State of Origin. We've got a 2-0 win there and my brother's from Townsville. So at least, you know, I can say to him, at least we can trounce you guys for the first time in years than we... <laughs> <laughs> happened in previous years because me and him always bet 10 bucks per origin match as to who's going to win and before match one this year he said nah it's 20 I said no it's always been 10 you extortionist I should have kept it at 20 let's <laughs> see uh, who wins and what's the scoreline tomorrow in, in origin three Oh, uh, to be honest, I think we'll do it easily by 50 points like we did in the first match in Townsville. <laughs> you know, any time you say 50-point win in, in NRL or rugby league, you'd say you're a lunatic. But in origin this season, the way this has gone, yeah, 50 seems par, doesn't it? Oh, and then so, and then so. <laughs> I mean, put it this way, Queenslanders haven't got much to hope for with regard to doing well in this year's sport, and they can never hope well when it comes to making good quality beer. I mean, it's a joke <laughs> south of the border here in New South Wales compared to Queensland, but do you know why Queenslanders always put 4X on their beer? Why is that? They can't spell beer. They can't make beer, but that's another story. <laughs> Great call, Mark. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Jordan. See ya. <laughs> Mark in Sydney giving us a call and a few drive-bys on the way through done beautifully beautifully done uh, 043 couple of other headlines from the AFL world firstly uh, Marcus Adams it looks like he is going to miss some time this was reported by Mitch Cleary earlier tonight uh, he's developed a stress stress reaction in his right foot he'll spend the next week in a moon boot before beginning uh, rehabilitation training expected to miss four to six weeks he missed all of last year with a foot injury and this comes just days after Eric Hippold was ruled out of the season with an ACL injury so uh, yeah, they've, they've lost one key tall in the forward line. Now they lose one key tall in defence. So uh, I think without a doubt we'll see some of those younger talls come in to the team. So whether we see, I'm just plucking some names here from, from the, the from the resis, but Con- Connor Ballenden maybe if they want to uh, replicate the three tall forward line with, uh, with McStay and Danaher, he could be one to come in for Hipwood if he's ready to go. Jackson Payne I'm sure will be in defence again for the Brisbane Lions to uh, to fill in for Marcus Adams and they might have one or two others as well if they need, uh, need to do that. So Marcus Adams who just hasn't had much luck really over his career and he was putting a season together like this was this has been a good season for Marcus Adams. Stress reaction at least it's not long-term. Four to six weeks, I think he would live with that than, uh, than having a whole year out again. So good luck to Marcus Adams in his rehab. Uh, Josh Dunkley could be on the comeback trail. In fact, he has been on the comeback trail and might complete it by this week. He's available for Saturday's clash with the Gold Coast Suns. Injured his shoulder back in round six. Required a shoulder reconstruction and should be back on the park for the Dogs this upcoming weekend. Uh, Luke Brown from the Crows is being sent in for surgery on his Achilles. So that's going to end his season.
uh, Luke Brown. He missed five games, uh, has missed five games so far this season. Uh, he was attempting to play through the pain until Medico's recommended surgery after the injury flared again. Looks like it has because he is going into surgery now for that Achilles. And for Gold Coast, Hugh Greenwood, the club today, confirmed that he has suffered an MCL tear, the medial ligament, and will risk, miss the remainder of the season. They were scared it might have been an ACL, but he has thankfully avoided that. So he will be, uh, he'll be out for the rest of the season. He'll get that repaired and he'll be ready for pre-season. So he shouldn't. Hopefully, knock on woods, um, he should be available for the whole of pre-season. He'll get that in and he'll be right and ready to go for round one. Um, that was suffered in the first quarter of their match against the Giants on the weekend. And then for St Kilda, Mason Wood will be on the sidelines for an extended period after scans showed uh, bone stress in his lower back. Uh, he was a late withdrawal from the game against the Lions on Saturday night. Uh, Jack Higgins will continue to have his load managed after missing uh, his first game in St Kilda Colours with back soreness. And the rising star nominee for round 17 was Archie Perkins. We've been wondering when he was going to get get his nomination because he's been playing damn well all season long uh, but hasn't um, hasn't uh, got that nomination yet. Should have. Uh, there was many games at the start of the season where he probably could have got it, but after three goals and nine score involvements against the Crows on the weekend in their demolition job of Adelaide, Essendon's Archie Perkins is the round 17 rising star. So there you go, some of the news headlines from the footy world. We'll clear a break. We'll get to more of your calls and your text messages. Daniel in Windervale wants to chat a bit of Euros, so we'll do that next here on, the S- on, the, uh, on Time On here this Tuesday night. Jordan Canellis with you, sitting in for Sam Hargraves tonight on Time On and the Sporting Capital coming up a little later on. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you'd like to get involved. We will recap, I've been promising this, we'll recap the, uh, the cricket and the basketball from today. We'll do that a little bit later on, though. We have the global game coming up next with Simon Hill and Alex Brosk. And, well, a good lead in here with uh, Daniel in Wyndham Valley who wants to talk about Euro 2020. Daniel, welcome. Hey, Jordy, how are you going? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Um, I was the man that sent you the uh, sent you the text message along with Aaron about Italy about my predictions about Italy going into the Euros. That's right, and, <laughs> it, was, and it was and it was never in doubt. Uh, you know what? From the first game to the last, they looked the best team across the whole journey, didn't they? Yeah, I think Mancini's transformed that team um, from missing the World Cup in you know 2018 and for him to take over, which was. Um, couldn't have been a better manager, actually, because he's implemented both um, an attacking side that, not not that been lacking, but they've always been sort of like a team that would score one goal and then would just park the bus or just put up a brick wall and, you know, try and see if he can score against us sort of thing. But mm. under Mancini, it's a whole different thing. You know, they've got that, you know, potency of, you know, of, of attack along with, you know, their solid, Solid defense that um that he's always got a plan B to go to if things don't go right with the first plan. So, and I think that's been the the big change you know with Italy on the Mancini that um that he's um he's got both a plan A and a plan B. So. Yeah, and that was that was evident yeah. with the that was evident with the substitutes he was able to use, and and the first, the lineup he had in the first game was was different to the one he had in the last game. He changed his fullbacks around, well, one of them anyway, changed his fullbacks. Um, he he had started the, the tournament with Domenico Berardi on the wing, and then and then Federico Chiesa came in was and was brilliant. But Berardi was still able to come off the bench. He could change that midfield dynamic. He could change the front three. He could move Insigne from one wing to a central position. Just the flexibility of that team was was what helped Italy as 
well. I mean, on top of their quality, they were just a, a quality team, but the flexibility was a huge reason why they were able to win and probably created a bit of a difference, I suppose. it was. I mean, England were flexible too, but the way Italy used it in the final was, I think, one of the, the, the separating points between Italy and England. Yeah, and also the fact that um, Mancini's prepared to um, give um, players uh, reward for their their club their club form instead of always having to sort of like back in the past Italy would always used to always give uh, you know the superstars with the big egos you know if, ahead of you know form and all that which is. Mm. been a big difference as well under Mancini. He's always been the one that's, well, if you're playing well at you know, a club level, well, you get your chance sort of thing. And I think that's I think that's the right way to do things, you know. And yep. and look at the results, you know. All the players have come together, you know, as, as one, you know, all performing at club level and then all performing at, at, at international. Absolutely. Great call, Daniel. Thank you. No worries. Daniel and Windervale, one three hundred seven three six seven three six to talk back to us tonight. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I commend Italy. They were fa- they were phenomenal. They were over the course from the first game where they beat Turkey, who weren't the best team, but they beat them three 0 Looked phenomenal. Came through the tournament. They they didn't concede a goal until the knockout stages. Yeah, they were great. Gianluigi Donnarumma, best goalkeeper in the world right now, I would say. 196 centimetres, 22 years old. New contract with PSG on the way. We'll hear more of this chat next as the global game dissects Euro 2020. Simon Hill, Alex Brosk up next. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.